BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hello, hello, hello. I'm your Chrissy Teigen, hostess with the most, this Michael Munoz. And welcome to In Yo Mouth! In Yo Mouth. I'm the queen of food who's always in the mood. To lick it right, lick it good, show you how to... Oh, God, that's good. I want to know what you eat from the streets to the sheets. So open wide, honey. I'm coming. In Yo Mouth. I got the goosebumps. (laughs) Hey there and welcome back, folks. Once again, I'm your hostess with the mostest, Munoz. And how are we doing? How are we doing, people? Another week stuck kind of inside. Even though New York City has moved on to phase three, it still feels weird as the rest of the country, uh, via the news, gets shut down. It's so crazy and I'm just... I don't want to seem like a Debbie Downer or anything, but Lord, I hope it doesn't come back here because I'm already stuck in the house as is. You know, I've been out to eat now twice and to a sidewalk bar maybe twice as well. And um, yeah, it's just, it's so weird, right? I mean, we're all going through this and so, yeah, but it's the weirdest thing and we need... I don't know. We need we need to get back to well, not back to anything. We need to move forward to whatever this new normal is going to be. Hopefully, a better space for everyone, a, a more caring space for everyone, and so on and so forth. But um, yep, another week in. I'm going to call this week 862. Uh, Mondays are still hard as fuck for some reason, um, and really unmotivational. But you know, we are. We are charging ahead, and hopefully you all out there are checking in with your mental health and learning, um, if you are alone in these situations, learning how to cope with the, you know, the inner ego, the inner self-saboteur, and all of that, you know, learning how to deal with that and learning how to find joy and peace within yourself, because the struggle is real, y'all. The struggle is real for myself included because sometimes I'll be sitting here making dinner or something and my brain will take me to the craziest of places and all of a sudden I find myself having an argument with myself or with somebody else that doesn't even exist. Like my brain has created an entire scenario um, just all up on its own and I'm like, what What are you doing? This You completely are going mad here. Oh. Anywho, so uh, you know what? Th- speaking of mental health, today is National Chocolate with Almonds Day. And they say chocolate is good for, you know, the endorphins in the brain. And 
I don't know. Once again, I don't know who chose this national chocolate. And like, why just chocolate with almonds? Did you run out? Did you just run out of things, whoever created this? I get all these days from Foodimentary, but you could find these days elsewhere. So shout out to you, Foodimentary, because I don't know if Foodimentary itself compiled this list of days. But if you ever wanted to look up what day is your birthday, like, or, you know, what day is Groundhog's Day or something, or, you know what, I really love caviar, what what day is National Caviar Day or something? Because who can afford caviar right now? But um, <laughs> certainly not me. But yeah, you can go to Foodimentary. But to, happy National Chocolate with Almonds Day, folks, out there. Um, if you're not suffering in 100-degree heat like we are here in New York, go get yourself some chocolate with almonds. Oh, speaking of chocolate, shout out, special shout out to Ronnie Sue's Chocolates down on the Lower East Side of New York City. Rhonda, I met a million years ago. Um, she's a lovely, she's this lovely woman. She hand makes all these like truffles and butter crunch and all sorts of like just pure chocolate dreams. And she's a small business owner here in New York City. So if you're looking for some really delicious handmade chocolates, go over to Ronnie Sue's. That's R-O-N-I-S-U-E. Um, for the past 120, what, four episodes now, uh, we have only had one sponsor, so none of this is sponsored. But um, I really like to shout out um, especially small businesses um, that really could use uh, some help. So... Go go get yourself some chocolates with almonds. Uh, order some. She ships all over the U.S. Uh, moving on to this day in gay history. In 1980, uh, the Democratic Rules Committee states that it will not discriminate against homosexuals uh, at their national convention on August 11 to 14, the Democrats become the first political party to endorse a homosexual right platform. I wonder why that is. You know, I wonder I wonder why in 1980 on July 8th the de- the Democrats decided, you know what? Today is a good day to support the homosexuals. I'm curious if it was like a specific person or whatnot. I obviously didn't uh, do a deep dive into this um because I've been deep diving into the internet a lot lately and found things like all these conspiracy theories like reptilians. Did you know out there that people believe that there are these reptile people that are shapeshifters that live among us? Um, Go look it up. You will fall down. Oh, look it up on Twitter, too. Look up the hashtag reptilian and then plural reptilians. You will fall down a very, very scary reptilian hole. Um, Yeah, all the, like, COVID-19 conspiracy theories. So... I took a break from falling down many a hole during this quarantine, but it's, uh, I didn't uh, look this up further. But I'd be curious to know uh, why why that is on that day in nineteen on July eighth in nineteen eighty. The Democrats decided, you know what, let's do this, y'all. Like now's a good time. Oh my God, how was y'all's? Uh, 4th of July weekend. Hopefully it was safe and socially distant. I actually went to go see my mom. I've only seen my mom two times since March 7th. Um, And we usually see each other, you know, like 
maybe twice a month. She lives like 40, 50 minutes away from me, sometimes a little bit more during the summer. Uh, and she had, you know, she's 71 and uh, has chronic bronchitis. So, you know, I got to keep her safe and away from the people. And I've been at the protests and, um, you know, I've just been doing due diligence to stay away from her, but she needs help. And so I went to help her and she's alone. And so, and I wanted to spend some time with her. Yes, I've been tested. Yes, I have the antibodies. Know that I, yes, I know that does, doesn't necessarily mean anything. But, you know, I, I took, I'm taking all the precautions. I Lysoled the entire fucking subway. <laughs> you should have seen me. Because I also did that for the first time, too. Get on the subway, which was so weird. Because there's nobody on the darn thing. And, um... Went to her house, and for 4th of July, I was really excited because uh, my mom cooks the house down, but I was like, you know what? Let me just make some things. And so I made a delicious pasta salad uh, with that, like, ancient grains, corn quinoa pasta. If you haven't had that out there, that's delicious. Um, and, like, corn and cherry tomatoes and arugula and cotija cheese, lemon lime. It was kind of like a corn elote take on pasta salad. It was delicious. And then I've been seeing things about beer can chicken, so I wanted to try it. So dry rub some chicken overnight um, and with some roasted garlic that I just made and um, put that under the under the skin. Oh, you can tell it's summer in the city, you know, uh, with the music out there. I do not own those rights, so uh, please don't charge me. <laughs> that's what. That's one thing I do miss about the summer living in Times Square, like the hubbub, a little bit of the hubbub, not all of the hubbub, just a little bit of the hubbub um, and going to see Broadway shows and shout out to all the Broadway friends and family out there that are um, in dire straits right now because they're not opening. But I digress. Uh, so brine, the, uh, dry rub the chicken, shove some roasted garlic under the skin, put it in a plastic bag overnight, threw it in a cooler, brought it to my mom's. She goes, hey, Michael, I just bought a barbecue. And I was like, great, where is it? And she points to this massive box. And I was like, oh, my God. Two hours later, I had built a charbroil barbecue from the ground up. And a uh, little, little known fact about me, barbecues scare me. Like gas barbecues scare me a little because it's like propane and gas lines. And what if it's not connected right? And what if it like something's not right and it blows up. I'm just always worried it's just going to blow up in my face. I have had one of those backdrafts happen to me once where I didn't know you weren't supposed to close the barbecue when you light it. And so, like, I opened it and, like, almost burnt my eyebrows and eyelashes off. Nuts. So, long story long, I build this barbecue. Beer can chicken, y'all. Beer can chicken is delicious because you just... Take some beer. I bought two beers. One I emptied into an aluminum pan, and I put it underneath the flames so uh, the beer would evaporate and steam the chicken to keep it nice and juicy because, you know, that chicken had to be nice and juicy, baby. And um, then you open up another can, and I took a swig, and um, I shoved the rest of it up because, you know, you had to leave some room so the beer in the can... And now that I'm thinking about it, even protecting my mom, the heat from the from the barbecue would have killed any germs. So don't get crazy out there, peoples. Um, 
And I saw this uh, video on Munchies. Where am I going with this, Michael? Uh, I saw this video on Munchies about beer can chicken, so that's why I made it. And the guy just puts it right on the grill. It stands up. Well, mine started to burn immediately, and so I had to put an aluminum foil underneath the beer can. And then 40 minutes later, it was so good. It like You let it rest in a pan, and like the rest of the beer that didn't evaporate kind of falls out. Oh, my God. It's it's probably one of the best, hands down, one of the best things I've ever made. It is so good, folks. So good. And speaking of things going on the grill, this week on the Gossip Grill, Us Food has blessed us with stars who love to barbecue. Justin Timberlake, John Legend, and more. Um, I love that Bethany Frankel is one of the first people on this list. I love that Bethany Frankel. And I miss her on um, Housewives of New York. But she's out there doing doing a lot of good work for the people with her Be Strong um, charity. So I can't fault her for not doing some stupid reality TV. But Bethany Frankel loves to barbecue. Chrissy Teigen also loves to barbecue. Uh, Chrissy Teigen on Instagram today also was making uh, titty biscuits. Uh, I just found out that Chrissy Teigen had a breast reduction, and because uh, I didn't even know that those were in hers. I'm not not really a breast man. Um, I don't know if you all have gathered that or, <laughs> or not, but um, it was just her and her big boobies uh, making biscuits, and she was rolling it out with this like big bottle of wine. Um, I love that Chrissy Teigen and she's in the news again because apparently Joanne, what's her name? Uh, Janine Pirro, uh, that crazy, um, lawyer that's on Fox five, uh, who this summer, as you probably saw during quarantine, she did one of her, she allegedly did one of her like newscasts, like wasted or something. But Chrissy Teigen apparently called out. Fox News host uh, Janine Pirro for looking at a picture of her boobs. So Janine Pirro uh, posted this photo of her in a mask, and it says, like, wearing my mask out east. And um, the picture is of her, like, at, like, a table of some sort outside dining, and her phone is on the table, and if you zoom in on the phone, it's a picture of Chrissy Teigen holding her boobs, showing you her um, sunburn. So... (laughs) Chrissy Teigen um, writes back, uh, Janine, why are my boobs up on your phone? <laughs> so lesson learned out there, folks. Uh, if you take a photo, make sure make sure like your phone isn't open to Pornhub or Chrissy Teigen's boobs. But if you're a boob man, why not look at them if that's your thing? Justin Timberlake loves to barbecue. Neil Patrick Harris and his man, um, David Bertka, Love to barbecue. That that house must be... They live on Madison Avenue and like 115th Street or something like that here in the city in like a brownstone. That house must be incredible. Uh, Zach Posen, for all of you fashionistas out there, uh, summer season, summer fashions are barbecue realness. <laughs> Joe Manginello at the barbecue, is something wet dreams are made of. Folks, go to Us Food very quickly and look at that. He's just, like, side profile. It looks like he has a little bit of a a quarantine tummy. 
at, which it's real cute. And he has like about like six T-bone steaks on that grill. Ooh, oh, you can feed me your meat, Joe Manganiello. John Legend loves to barbecue. I hope I hope this is really feeding your soul out there. I I did not inherit the that male gene of loving to barbecue, but I do barbecue. Does that make sense? Like my friend Rich loves to barbecue. Loves to like futz with the coals and build the pyramid and then have hot spots and that's just all a lot of work. Um, there's a there's a <laughs> famous Golden Girls line where uh, Sophia they're having a barbecue and Rose comes out and says, "Oh my God, that meat smells delicious!" And Sophia's like, "Why are we Why are we cooking meat outside?" And Dorothy goes, "Oh, cause it's nice out. Like we're, we want a grill." And Sophia replies, "You know what they cook? Uh, you know what they call cooking meat over an open flame back in Sicily?" Poverty. <laughs> oh, my God. The stars have really given it to us uh, the, over the past week in food news. Uh, Mark Wahlberg apparently is allergic to everything because he posted this allergy test uh, on his back online and his entire back was inflamed and he is now vegan. Uh, Kim Kardashian, yes, uh, possible all of a sudden it's a possibility she could be our new first lady honey oh lord could you imagine um but kim kardashian apparently only has one fridge uh, a fridge for champagne and a fridge a separate fridge for water um well she's a billionaire now so uh, she can afford things like that i think i would have an entire water fridge and champagne fridge, too, if I had all that money. Um, uh, who else is? Oh, Lizzo is now vegan. Everyone's vegan. All the stars are going vegan. What are they not telling us? Or, or what are we not paying attention to? Should we all just be going vegan? I mean, it's so... I've done it. It's. I felt, I've never felt better, actually, when I did it. But it's a pain in the ass, Lord. You know, you think cooking's a pain in the ass? Veganism is a pain in the butt. And no shade to all the vegans out there, because it's like, do your thing, and I fully support. But, like, it's just, it's just not easy. And for those of you who don't like to cook out there, like, it's, I mean, I guess you can just open cans of vegetables and eat raw. But that's, that's next level. I need some flavor and whatnot. And not to say that vegan food isn't flavorless, but it's just feel like it's more work. I don't know. If you don't if you disagree with me, I would love to hear that disagreement. Um feel free to write me at in your mouth pod on Instagram and or Twitter or in your mouth nyc at gmail.com. Other stars who have been giving it to us. Um oh yes, go check out Lizzo's like vegan like TikTok recipes. Hysterical. Hysterical. Worth the watch. Um yeah, you can find it online. I'm not on TikTok, but you can like actually just go search and watch people's things. Uh, other people who are giving us food nonsense during this quarantine, Carrie Underwood and her husband, Mike Fisher, make their own honey. Yeah, see them in beekeeper suits. Oh, the joys of having like money during a national pandemic because you can take up hobbies like 
beekeeping. <laughs> you know? Or you could just sit there and have shit tons of champagne shipped to you to store in your champagne refrigerator. Or, I mean, what? Or sit there and cook vegan all day and make um, make TikTok videos. That's another thing. Going vegan isn't necessarily cheap either because going vegan, I would imagine you'd have to, you'd want to go like organic too. And that's, it just becomes expensive. So apparently the Before He Cheats songstress 37 shared a recent TikTok video where she revealed that she and Fisher... Uh, 40 have taken up beekeeping while quarantined together. They're wearing like matching white beekeeping suits which cover their bodies from head to toe as they check on their very active hives with a man named Joel who appears to be a beekeeping professional. <laughs> oh my god. Um, I love that. Save the bees. The bees are dying everywhere. You know, that's why... We shouldn't be drinking almond milk because it like stresses the bee colonies out and then they end up dying off. So, you know what? I'm here for you, Carrie Underwood, you know? Um, she uh, even baked something uh, where she made some fresh zucchini bread on TikTok where she made uh, the zucchini bread with zucchinis from their garden, honey from their bees, and eggs from their chickens. Oh, my God, guys. Um, more celebrities. Uh, a little bit of good news in the celebrity world here. Um, there are all these celebrities that during this quarantine who have donated to food organizations to, you know, help during this uh, coronavirus pandemic. And I loved, I loved that, like, just a little bit of good news. You know, people with a lot of money uh, using their wealth for good. Um, Lin-Manuel Miranda and one of my idols, Jose Andres, teamed up with Coca-Cola to put together a huge um, initiative. Coke is donating $1 million to Jose's World Central Kitchen. And uh, Lin-Manuel recounted some amazing Hamilton memories to help promote it all. The, mo the money will ultimately yield 100,000 meals and will help 150 local restaurants in communities hit hardest by COVID-19 to rehire up to uh, 1,400 employees. Isn't that awesome? Uh, Lady Gaga, yes. Ray, star of Rain On Me, yes. Um, the star is teaming up with the Postmates the Postmates, to donate up to $100,000 to World Central Kitchen for every order made on Postmates from May 29th to May 31st. One dollar will go directly to World Central Kitchen until they reach $100,000. That's awesome, right? Now, um, Lady Gaga needs to put out a PSA to all the crazy gays out there um, being you know, a little ridiculous out in Fire Island, right, throwing circuit parties and whatnot. You know, she needs to pull that rain on me or something and be like, y'all are acting a fool, but that's another story for another time. <laughs> Usher recently partnered up with a food company, Vegan Air, to donate meals to families and shelters in Atlanta. I love that. They donated 
2,000 meals, including vegan items, uh, made with produce from local businesses and featured plant-based alternatives. Uh, uh, perhaps uh, Kanye West, our future uh, president, you know, um, Kanye West and Chick-fil-A. Uh, you know what? Nope. I don't even want to go any further. But I'm. they're helping people. They are helping people, even though they hate the gays. That is Chick-fil-A. I don't know what where Kanye West stands on homosexuality. But, uh, yeah, they're doing something. Tan France. Hi, Tan France. Uh, you know, of Queer Eye fame and probably some of the best hair on TV, has been donating to Frontline Foods, an organization that's supporting local restaurants and frontline workers by delivering meals to hospitals. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger is teamed up with Buca di Beppo over the weekend and donated 1,000 meals to the Keck USC Medical Center in Los Angeles. That's awesome. Tyler Perry, uh, he paid for the groceries of all shoppers during senior hours at 44 Kroger supermarkets in the Atlanta area. Wow. And 29 Winn-Dixies across Louisiana. Miss Rachel Ray, who's been doing uh, videos from home, if you haven't seen them, uh, go take a look at they're these slightly awkward but still delicious videos. I don't know. I don't know what's going on in that kitchen of hers. It seems very cluttered, you know? I mean, my apartment's a little cluttered, but I only live in 120 square feet. She lives up in, like, the Adirondacks with, like, all the space. But she's donating $4 million through the Rachel Ray Foundation and the Yemo organization, and though that helps uh, nutritional programs for kids and families. Jeff Bezos um, is gifting $100 million to Feeding America. Isn't that awesome? Ms. Oprah Winfrey is donating $10 million to COVID-19 relief efforts, and a million of that will go to America's Food Fund. Now, question, question, and maybe I, maybe I just need to do a little bit more research today, but... How much of a tax break are these people getting? Are they just getting all of this money back from the government? Right? And is this a good thing? Or is this like making them richer? You know, because you hear all those stories. Or am I just making this up? Can somebody answer that for me? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, Leonardo DiCaprio is helping launch uh, America's Food Fund, an organization that aims to help low-income families, the elderly, individuals facing job challenges and children who rely on school lunch programs to get meals. Uh, America's Food Fund has already raised $12 million. Jimmy Fallon, uh, he donated uh, to Feeding America. That's great. That's great. Kristen Bell's on this list. Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds. Oh, yeah, Ryan Reynolds. Uh, Justin Timberlake. Where has Justin Timberlake been? What has he been doing? Can somebody tell me that? I don't know. Rihanna's on this list. Sierra and Russell Wilson. Have you all seen Russell Wilson? Oh, my God. Ugh. I'm going to need you to donate a million dollars to Seattle's Food Lifeline. Yes. And then to come over to my house and make a different kind of donation. <laughs> If you know what I mean, honey. Ooh, 
shuttle. Um, oh, Stephen and Aisha Curry. Yeah, Stephen Curry, too. Lord, where do they get all these good-looking men? And here I am feeling like a sack of potatoes just sitting up in uh, 120 square feet. Now, where's that Where's that brandy um, sound bite that I had early on sitting up in my room? Feeling like a sack of potatoes. Oh, my goodness. Uh, in other news, Chipotle launched a virtual farmer's market so fans can buy ingredients, which I think is uh, pretty, pretty good. You know, I mean, Chipotle's been under a crap ton of fire with, like, just all the... I think there was, like, a meat controversy, and then people got sick a different time and so on and so forth. But uh, apparently this is great. Uh, Chipotle is launching an online farmer's market so fans can buy fresh products straight from farmers in the Chipotle's supply chain, which is really, really awesome. Uh, The Chipotle virtual farmer's market... Why can't I speak? The Chipotle virtual farmer's market is powered by Shopify and is one way the brand is supporting farmers during the ongoing pandemic. So the COVID-19 outbreak has caused a crisis within food supply chains, and you've heard me talk about this a ton on the pod, and this article comes from Delish.com. Thank you, Delish. Um, And so with many farmers struggling to sell their fresh goods since restaurants, hotels, and schools are closed, um... The marketplace idea by Chipotle is meant to help these farmers get revenue in a new way, uh, Chief Marketing Officer of Chipotle, Chris Brandt, said. Now I'm curious, does Chipotle take a percentage of that, or does all the money like go to the farmers? Uh, they go on to say, it can be intimidating for many family farms to change the way they do business, so we're giving our suppliers the right tools and resources to successfully launch improved e-commerce platforms. Our food with integrity values start with our farmers and helping them adapt to new technologies and ways of reaching the consumer is crucial for both the future of the farming industry and Chipotle. Huh. <laughs> Yeah, once again, I'm curious if how much, um, like, if there's a percentage Chipotle takes from the farmers or if all the money goes straight to the farmers, right? Right? I'm just going to go on and, you know, put good vibes out there and trust and believe that maybe Chipotle is doing the right thing by, you know, just really helping our farmers out. No, because they need it, folks. They need it. The world, the world is in a state. Um, something else I found really, really interesting the um, today that I kind of wanted to address. So I don't know if you all out there. There's all sorts of viral videos, uh, racism videos going circulating. I'm sure you all have seen them. Like maybe last week, I think it was. All the days are blending together. There was this vi- viral video. Um, out of this, uh, from this Uzo Bay restaurant in Baltimore, where this woman, this mother and her son are in the restaurant, and, like, a manager comes over. Um, obviously, the, the woman and her son are black, and the manager's white, and he's like, sorry, you can't eat here because we have a dress code, and your son is in athletic gear. And she was like, wait, what? And 
she was like, why can't my son eat here? And he was like, oh, we have a dress code. Athletic, and he's wearing athletic gear. And she goes, but there is a white child, the same age of my son, basically wearing the same outfit. And so it was this back and forth, and it was a mess. And then she did a a little bit of a press circuit after that video because it was terrible that they just wouldn't let the child come into the restaurant and eat. And it's like, what? What is a dress code or not? Re- really? Really with this thing? Right? The, the nine-year-old boy was wearing a black Air Jordans t-shirt, a black pair of shorts, and sneakers. Although Grant and her son, who are black, were denied a seat, a white boy wearing a similar outfit had been allowed to eat at Uzo Bay with his own family. This is a really interesting article from munchies.vice.com by Jalissa Castrodale. Um, and it talks about um, the restaurant dress codes having been uh, having long been a tool for racist discrimination. And I've uh, never really thought about it till now. Um, I mean... Once I had an experience, because there's a lot of bars that are like no baggy pants and uh, no tank tops or whatnot. But, you know, I'm a homo in the summer of New York, so I have like skinny tank tops. And I went to go into the straight bar where my friends were and they wouldn't let me in. But a woman wearing the same tank top went in before me. And I was like, well, she can go in. And he was like, well, the rules are different for women than there are men. And like, I was like, wait, what? Because my tank tops are, uh, were uh, Forever 21 Women's Basics because the gay shops sell the same tank tops for like an 800 plus uh, markup. All right. I got those Forever 21 tank tops for like 350 a piece. And they were the same ones that they sell- sold at a little gay boutique shop here that doesn't exist anymore for $50. So, yes. Um, (laughs) I don't know why I felt the need to justify that. But anyways, um, they had to leave the restaurant because they wouldn't uh, let her son in. And it was so hard for him, uh, his mother said. Uh, He goes to a school that's about 70% white, and they always teach the kids that they are the same. It was really hard for Dallas, that's the son's name, to see a kid that looked like one of his friends at school sit there and eat there, and he couldn't. So Atlas Restaurant Group, which owns this uh, Uzo Bay, issued a statement apologizing for the incredibly disturbing incident and confirming that the manager involved had been placed on indefinite leave and pledging to teach itself important lessons, yada, 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 some bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Um, Because they apparently have had some other incidences within their restaurant group, um... So it's it's really weird. But then uh, Jalissa goes on to say in this article, last September, Atlas Restaurant Group was widely criticized for the discriminatory dress code at the Chop Tank, another one of its properties in Baltimore. Chop Tank posted signs on its doors warning would-be patrons that it would not allow entry to those uh, in baggy clothing, athletic attire, brim- brimless headgear, backwards or sideways hats, or work and construction boots among a handful of other restrictions. Uh, a handful of other restrictions. A note on the sign said that management would enforce policies within its discretion. In talking about this, 
um, the Baltimore Sun editorial board, which urged a restaurant to immediately rethink those rules. Sure, the dress code, they go on to say, sure, the dress code doesn't explicitly say that African-Americans or other minorities aren't welcome at the eatery, they wrote, but the way the code is written definitely leaves the impression that is the group of patrons that the Atlas Restaurant Group um, owner of Crab House and several other Baltimore restaurants is trying to target. So it's it's just a, a really interesting thing to to think about. Um, and the the dress code the dress code thing um, is if you think about it, right? Um, dress code policies are perhaps like the last acceptable way for restaurants and bars to like scrutinize and discriminate against, you know, black patrons and those at the discretion of management disclaimers, Jalissa says here, uh, just serve to underline their purpose. Um, Cause there was a, a Chicago pizza joint that wrote, if denied entry, changing your appearance will not change the decision. So it's like, it's crazy. Um, someone from the black queer intersectional collective wrote in response to an Ohio bar's dress code, it's, um, it is dog whistle racism and class and classicism, um, or classism masquerading as business practice. And that's such, so interesting to think about. And so true because it's, um, institutionalized, uh, racism. This is from, uh, Toronto artist, Isis Salam, um, it's, he says, that's what's so insidious about institutionalized racism. It's set up in a way that you're gaslighted right away because the dress codes at these city nightclubs, if you say something like, uh, if you say something about it, they'll be like, what do you mean there's a black guy already in there because they've already hit their two black guy quota? You can't even call them out about it, even though you can clearly see that it's not really about capacity or about dress code, you know? And Granted, um, I wasn't allowed in because I was in a tank top, even though the girl in front of me, it was definitely, looking back at it, it was definitely like, oh, well, we don't want this gay guy here in the straight bar, you know, most likely. Um, it's, yeah, and there's this, like, it's been going on. There's this study for the Journal of Sociology of Race and Ethnicity, uh, Texas A&M University professors Ruben A. Buford May and Pat Rubio Goldsmith selected six male volunteers, two white, two black, and uh, two Hispanic, chose their wardrobes, and sent them to 53 different nightclubs in Austin, Dallas, and Houston, Texas to see who would be allowed to enter and who wouldn't. All the guys were between the ages of 21 and 23, and they dressed them all different ways. And they, disappointingly but not surprisingly, bouncers turned the black men away 11.7% of the time at about twice the rate of the white and Hispanic men who were denied entry 5.7% of the time. There was another um, thing where these guys went, right? It was a group of mixed friends and the white guys dressed at one way and the black guys dressed a different way and they didn't let the black guys in and then the white guys switched clothes with the black guys and they still didn't the white guys got in and this and the black guys didn't get in. It's so crazy to think about like but yes. Yes, it's like you know, it's kind of the way I uh look at affordable housing in here in New York City because if you look at the or even the mid mid-level income housing here in the city because that's a big problem. 
in the sense of if you look at like the graphics and like how much you need to be making or like what's the minimum and maximum you can make to get into one of these housing units and then what the rent is they base it on your the the gross like your overall total right your gross income but then the they base it on your gross income and then but they're not considering that that's not really what you're taking home and then the rent is really high and by the end you're paying you know uh like three quarters of your entire paycheck in rent and it's like how is that affordable because you can't even what about like food and like just general living and god forbid you have like a student loan or something it's uh, i always say it's a way to keep poor people poor um and it's not so affordable and this is just really really interesting i beg you all to go to munchiesadvice.com and uh read the rest of this article because it's really it's really really great it's really great oh my god we're like so far into this pod where did the time go i'm gonna leave you with a little happy news that uh dunkin donuts may be testing some bubble tea y'all yeah guys with like popping strawberry uh popping strawberry bursts right dunkin dunkin is testing bubble tea drinks with new strawberry popping bubbles this summer are y'all bubble tea fans i don't really love it i don't really love it um, and is this cultural appropriation of food? Perhaps may be, because uh, uh, Taiwan is known as the boba capital of the world. This is supposed to be good news, and here I go, and I turned it into something else. But uh, but bubble tea has made it around its world, and of course, here comes Dunkin' Donuts to usurp it and put some uh, strawberry popping bubbles. But I feel like these bubbles are like, I'm just going to say it, like congealed semen. If you've ever seen semen and water hit each other, that's what I feel <laughs> like these popping bubbles taste like in your mouth, but are flavored with strawberry. And I, I don't have textural uh, eating issues ever, but yeah, this one's this one's not for me, I don't think. But maybe who knows? Maybe maybe Duncan will send me one and change my mind. Um, yeah, I feel like there's a big tea movement happening again, like Taiwan, uh, Taiwanese, like milk teas and fruit teas and whatnot. Because uh, before the quarantine, I saw a bunch of them starting to open up in New York. Um, some of them are very good. I just don't really love the tapioca of it all. You know, I don't know. I always feel like I'm going to like choke. And then, like I said, the gelatinous semen of it all. And with that, <laughs> I really want to wish you a happy chocolate almond day um you know it's midsummer uh my half birthday just passed and i'm hoping we're still not in quarantine for my for the celebration of my 40th uh we're also like five weeks away maybe maybe a little longer than that of me doing this a whole year solo can you believe it folks can you believe it um you know, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't without all you folks out there listening and showing me all the love. Uh, tune into the Gossip Grill. I think I'm just going to it's going to get pared down to like one show a month. I'm, I'm still trying to figure that out. Right. I really enjoy doing live shows, but it's just been a lot putting out hours and hours of content and 
different but similar content. So keep an eye out for that. Um, you know, call, call someone you haven't heard from and tell them you love them because you don't know what people are going through during this time. You know, it's really crazy just watching all these videos and being hit over the head with coronavirus and conspiracy theories and reptilians and people being murdered and and all of this. Um, yeah, you know, register to vote. Do the thing. Call, call your local senators. Call the people who... Uh, who um, who are in charge of arresting the people who killed Breonna Taylor, please, because uh, they're still ro- roaming around free. And, yeah, take care of yourselves out there. Please, please, please take care of yourselves out there. You know, let yourself have a mental day. If one day you ju- it's just not working out and you spend all day in bed, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, just choke it up to be a mental day and then start fresh the next day. And, um, yeah, I'm just sending you love, love and joyous moments out there. And with that, I'm going to say thank you for listening to In Your Mouth. Yes. <laughs>